has a look. It looks like joy. It looks like pain. It looks like sunshine after many seasons of rain. It looks like rain after a season of drought. It looks like addressing those fears and overcoming doubts. Healing is a necessity for your soul. If you want to grow to your fullest potential, healing has to be the goal. You are now listening to Healing the Soul. Enjoy the journey and let's heal. Hey family, welcome back to another episode of Healing the Soul podcast. I'm so glad you guys decided to tune in because today I have something so special and dear to my heart that I would like to share with you guys. Today, I'll be taking a moment to introduce you all to my first love. And before I go any further, let me just put a pen in it right there. I feel like everybody, or you know what, let me not say everybody, I'll say some people, so I won't speak for the whole human population, but I feel like some people who are blessed or gifted with a talent or a form of art, a lot of time uses that to create, right? Uses it as a way to express themselves, uses it as a form, a a coping mechanism, use it as a way to share some things that's on their heart, use it as a way to, you know, get some release what's on their mind. And so today I want to take the moment to introduce you all to my first love and the outlet that I used as a little girl. And that's poetry. I've been writing poetry since, since I've learned how to write. (laughs) I've been writing poetry since the fifth grade and growing up a lot of times I felt like no one understood me and I felt like even a lot of times like people around me did not see things how I saw things or didn't think how I think or sometimes I just had a lot happening internally and emotionally so I used poetry as a way to express what was on my heart I used poetry as a way to cope. I use poetry pretty much for everything. I felt like when people didn't understand, the pen and paper understood. And that's how a lot of times, that's how people's greatest projects are birthed because they share their experiences. They share what's on their heart. They share what's happening internally. And when people hear it, it's almost like, you know what? I can connect with this. This resonates with me. I can relate to this. And so that's what poetry has been for me. It's been more than a form of art. It's been the outlet. It's been the coping mechanism. And it's been the very tool that I use to inspire others so that when people hear the poetry that I've written, it's like, not only are they hearing it to to receive from it, but also they're hearing it to be able to connect and understand that, hey, I'm not the only one who's experienced this. I'm not the only one who's felt this. I'm not the only one who may have been at this place. But then also, not only is it for them to hear, receive, relate, connect, all of those things, but it's also for them to be inspired and to understand that Yes, someone else has been where I've been or someone else may have felt where I felt, but someone else has also overcame this. And if they can, then so can I. It's to empower, it's to give strength to understand that you too 
can find who you are. You too can overcome. You too can keep going. You too can push into your purpose. You too. So this poem is called, It's Deeper Than a Reflection. And it was birthed from the place of coming to understand my identity. It was, it's birthed from the place of really learning the depth of who I am and understanding that identity goes beyond being attached to a person, a place, a thing, um, an issue, a role. Identity goes beyond that. And when you come into true knowledge of who you are, there is a power that comes along with knowing who you are. There's a power that comes along with knowing the depth of who you are. Because when you know who you are, there's nothing happening. There's nothing externally that can cause you to shake or cause you to waver. There's a certain authority. There's a certain strength. There's a certain power. There's a certain confidence that comes along with knowing who you are. And this poem, it's deeper than a reflection, is birthed from that. And that's really what this episode will be about. It'll be about identity. So I'm going to go ahead and share and we can talk more about the poem and the topic identity afterwards. It's deeper than a reflection. I remember looking in the mirror and being displeased with what I see because insecurities and opinions looked back at me. No more low self-esteem, depression, or rejection. And Christ, I found the depth of who I am. It's deeper than a reflection. The mirror showed everything I didn't want to accept. I'm in an open relationship and don't know which one I should reject. Cheating on Christ because I yielded more to the battle inside. Misplaced the promises he's made me because I believe the enemy's lies. Dishonoring the lover of my soul because I'm in a love affair. It's hard to please two my God don't want to share. So from this moment forward, I'm marrying Christ and divorcing fear. Fear, I'm leaving you and there is no objection. I and God are one. It's deeper than a reflection. I allowed you to cripple me in the past and I can't take it any longer. And the more I fall for Christ, I'm losing interest in you and my love and faith in him only grows stronger. I ran, I fought, desperate to make it to the king. Locked inside of him was everything I need. Like a hunter who's adamant about seeking their prey. I'm hungry for Christ. Lord, here's my tray. For so long and other things, I sought pleasure. Had to push past the dirt to get to the treasure. And when I got to him, there was my identity. When I let go of self, locked onto him, I found me. Not like a person, not like any emotion. I experienced a different kind of affection. Different experiences tried to define me, but Christ redefined me. Me and him, we got a connection. I could embrace the person I've become because I and my father are one. When I look in the mirror, I no longer see brokenness or a soul with an infection. But I see Christ looking back at who he's destined me to be. It's deeper than a reflection. All right, y'all, so much was said in that poem, so much to unpack. It's just so much. (laughs) But I think the first thing that I will get started with is, I'll get started with 
with the title itself, it's deeper than a reflection. And the title, how the title was birthed or how I thought about the title was because of the saying, look at the person in the mirror, the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror, the person in the mirror. And that saying means it's a call to introspection. It's a call for you to self-evaluate. It's a call for one to really begin to search out themselves, search out what's happening for you internally. And what I realize is the mirror forces people to really look at self, right? But the first thing that we see when we look in the mirror is a reflection of ourselves. The first thing that we do, we see our outer appearance. And really, when people look in the mirror, for some people, the first thing that they do is either think a thought in their head of a compliment to themselves. They pick out something that they like about themselves or something that they're, you know, feeling in the moment about their appearance. Or sometimes when people look in the mirror, the mirror causes them to look at things that they really don't want to see. Sometimes for some people, the first thing they do is fix something that's on themselves. The first thing they do is fix something that's on their face, fix something that they don't like. And all of that to say, whether it's whether it's you loving what you see when you look in the mirror or whether it's you feeling the need to fix something when you look in the mirror, either or, the first thing is you see the outer appearance. But going beyond one's reflection, when you take an internal look at yourself, when you look, when you, when you take a look inwardly, it forces you to look at things and areas of yourself that you may need to work on, areas of yourself that may not be the best, areas of yourself that may be, you know, some parts of you that you don't like, some parts of you that's ugly, some parts of you that you don't really want anybody to see or even know about, some parts of you that still needs some working on. When we take a look inwardly, it forces us to address some things that we may have hidden, some things we may have swept under, some things that we may have put a mask, a facade over. But looking in the mirror and looking beyond the surface, looking beyond the reflection, that is something that's so important because in order for us to grow, we have to deal with those internal issues that we don't really like facing. We have to deal with those hidden fears. We have to deal with those hidden traumas. We have to deal with the ugly parts of us that we don't want to allow anybody into, that we don't want to welcome anybody into. We have to deal with those parts of us in order for us to grow, in order for us to become a better version of ourselves. And sometimes in life, we experience some things, we experience some situations that causes things to just sit at the seat of our heart, to really be internalized and to fester. But those things have to be dealt with because if not as a result, then what's birth, it's, it's characteristics, it's traits 
of the experience that has taken place, its traits of, of trauma, its traits of disappointment, its traits of pain, its traits of mistrust, its traits of issues that were not resolved. And so these different things have to be dealt with because if not, it'll birth characteristics of ourselves that stem from a place of unresolved issues. So this poem, it's deeper than a reflection. It comes from the place of me really allowing God to shape the depth of who I am. Me allowing God, welcoming God in to push beyond the walls that I've put up, push beyond emotions that I've dealt with, push beyond things that I've experienced that I've internalized and allowing God to come into those rough areas, those hard parts and really deal with that. Allowing God to deal with fear, allowing God to deal with opinions that has um, tried to shape who I've become, allowing God to deal with depression, allowing God to deal with even rejection, allowing God to deal with all of those things that were internalized, really allowing, welcoming God in to deal with those parts, to deal with the ugly areas, to deal with the parts that, you know, people don't really like to talk about, to deal with the parts that people really like to put up a facade about. And when I welcomed God into that space, it shifted the person that I was. It shifted the person that I was because God began to do a work in me. A work that I didn't even know that I needed. <laughs> he began to work beyond walls that were put up because of experiences and as a result, it birthed a better me. And not only did it birth a better me, but it birthed a me that learned for my identity to be grounded in Christ and learned to not be moved. And, and as a result, I learned to not be moved when external things are happening, I learned to not be moved, right, by external voices. I learned to not be moved, but to be grounded in who God says that I am, to be grounded in what God said I will become, to be grounded in what God has spoken over me, to be grounded in the promises that's in the Bible for the believer, for the children of God. And that right there is a power. It's a power of knowing who you are and not just that, but knowing whose you are. The mirror forced me to see everything that I did not want to see. It forced me to look at all of the hard parts, the tough things about myself. But then not only that, the mirror forced me to realize how much I need a God and how much the, the, the healing, the fixing, the, the, the healing process was beyond me. It was beyond me. The idea of taking a moment to look in the mirror and realize that 
this healing that you need is beyond you. This healing that you are looking for is bigger than you, is bigger than what any human person could give, is bigger than what any friendship relationship could give. It's bigger than it's bigger than anything that's earthly. Um, it kind of reminds me of the story of Mark 5 when the woman with the issue of blood, when she encountered Jesus, for one, right, the Bible says that um, she had this issue for 12 years. She was dealing with this issue for 12 years and she tried everything else. She tried physicians. She spent all that she had, but still she could not be made well. And this woman gets to this place. She gets to this place of desperation. She gets to this place where this issue that she's been dealing with for years and years and years, this this issue that's tried to define her, this issue that's tried to basically um, stamp its stamp. Um, itself upon her and give herself, give her this identity of an unclean woman, give her this identity of the woman with the issue of blood, this issue that's been a place of, that, that had her in a place of agony for so long, this issue that, um, kind of drove her to a place where it looked like all hope was gone, Right. This woman was dealing with this issue for so long and she gets to the point of desperation and she encounters Jesus. And she was like, listen, if I could just touch his clothes, then I know I'll be made well. Like at this point, if I could just touch his, he don't even have to lay hands on me. He don't even have to know that. I'm looking for something or that I'm in need. If I could just simply just touch his clothes, I know that I'm going to be made well. And she gets to this point. Um, and when she encounters Jesus and she touched his clothes and the Bible says that she was made well. But the thing was, she came to this point of desperation where it's like, look, I have this internal issue going on and this issue is beyond me and it's beyond what anybody else could do. But I know this man, I know someone, I know that he can, he can heal me. And that's kind of what this, what the moment in the mirror is like, it's like, look, I know that I have all of these different things going on. I know I got all of these different problems. I know, listen, you know, for some of us, it may be, I know I have some trauma. I know I have some things that, that, that I don't like. I have some things that were probably even said that I didn't like. I have some ways about me. I have, listen, it could be a whole list of things, but that moment in the mirror, that moment where you really a moment to sit back and reflect, or that moment where you come into self-evaluation, you say, look, like I have this, but I know somebody that's able to work on this. I know somebody that's able to work on the areas of my heart that I, I keep people out of. I know somebody that's able to work on the areas of me that that's hidden. I know somebody that's able to deal right with all of these internal things happening. And really, that's just what it is. God is able to deal with all of the internal things that you have going on. If you let him, if you let him, he's able to deal with unforgiveness. He's able to deal with 
bitterness. He's able to deal with rejection. He's able to deal with insecurities. He's able to deal with low self-esteem. He's able to deal with abandonment. He's able to deal with brokenness if you let him. If you let him. And listen, it's a process. We don't just wake up you know, and we're whole or we don't just wake up after um, struggling or or wrestling with certain things for so long. We don't just wake up and it's, you know, everything is perfect, but it's a process. It's a process. (laughs) It's a process for sure. And we make the decision to give ourselves over to the process We make the decision to keep going in the process. We make the decision to continue to allow God to work on us in the process. We make the decision to give ourselves over to the process day by day by day by day. (laughs) Um, And honestly, when I think about the process, when I think about the journey to healing, when I think about the journey to wholeness, um, when I think about the journey to becoming the scripture that comes to mind, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It's Philippians 3 and 12. And it says, not that I already reached a goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. And really what that scripture is saying is, look, not that I've already arrived. I'm not already perfect. But day by day by day, I press on. I press on for God to work on me. I press on to live a life that's given over to Christ. I press on towards this this mark, this prize, this, this place of destiny, this place of purpose in Christ. Because he did it for me. He did it for me. He pursued purpose for me. So even when... It's parts of me that got to be worked on, even when it's painful, even when it's difficult, even when, you know, you don't have all the answers still day by day by day. I'm going to give my myself over to the process. I'm going to make a decision to keep going in the process. I'm going to allow God to keep on working in the process. And that's just that. <laughs> This, this journey, this journey called life is a process. But listen, I want to conclude with this. I want to conclude with some questions to consider. So first things first, when you look in the mirror, what do you see looking back at you? What are the areas that you see that screaming at you like, hey, I need some tending to. I need to be worked on. What do you see looking back at you? That's the first question. And then the next question is, what do you want to see looking back at you? If you are not at the place that you desire to be at, if you're not, if you have not, if you feel like you haven't yet arrived, if you know that there's parts of you that need to be worked on, what's the place that you desire to be at? What's what's the person that you want to be looking back at you? What's when you think of the best version of yourself, when you think of a better version of yourself, what does that look like to you? 
And the last question I want you to consider is a little practical. The last question I want you to consider is, how do I obtain it? How do I, I know the person or even the place mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I know who I aspire to be. But now how do I attain it? So those are some questions to consider. I'll leave you with that. Think about it, ponder on it, and then work towards it. Work towards it. Do what you need to do in order to be made whole. Do what you need to do in order to to heal. Do what you need to do in order to allow God to work on those different areas of you. All right. God bless you guys. I'm so glad you guys decided to tune in yet again and listen to what I have to say. There's a million things on my heart for me to share. And I'm glad y'all take the time out to hear what's on my heart. And I look forward to keep on sharing what's on my heart. These these nuggets of wisdom, these experiences, all of it. Um, I'm excited about sharing it with you guys. So please stay tuned. Continue to be on the lookout for what Healing the Soul podcast has in store. Y'all don't want to miss these upcoming episodes. So stay tuned. I'm your host, Save With Sauce. And as per usual, let's journey together. Let's thrive. Let's heal.